Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Duralast batteries designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions. They're built with patented technology to reduce damage due to vibration and deliver the most power during startup. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone AutoZone. All right, so yesterday morning, news started to break about a blockbuster FBI investigation into college basketball recruiting. Now, college basketball recruiting has for a long time been a cesspool. And by cesspool, I mean There are a lot of young 16, 17, and 18-year-old four- and five-star recruits that are not allowed to go pro, really. And as a result, they're funneled into college basketball where they are ostensibly not allowed to be compensated for what they do. Now, I have talked to a lot of people in college basketball, and I had been hearing for a couple of years that the going rate for a top college basketball player was around $250,000 and that by and large, the way that that money was being paid was through sneaker deals. In other words, the sneaker companies out there were finding ways to sign these kids before they became NBA players, give them money during the course of their time in school, and then when they eventually go pro at 19 or 20 years old, you've got an end to sign a real shoe deal with them. And this is something that I think is pretty well known across the landscape of college basketball, that if you want to get top talent, certainly the five-star variety, you're going to have to pay for it. And that's why I think it's so interesting that everybody reacted with such shock 
when we found out that assistant coaches at Louisville, Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, and USC were allegedly actually coming out and getting paid. Now, uh, paying players to come to their schools. Now, here, like, let's take a step back. Sometimes I get asked, have you ever had your opinion change on a major issue? This is one that I would point to where my opinion has changed over the years. And I think a big part of it is having seen the physical toll that in particular football takes upon your body, both in college at a high level and in certainly the NFL. I don't begrudge any college athlete who believes they should be paid. Now, I understand people out there who say, oh, I... I I think that college athletes getting paid is crazy. They get paid for a scholarship. I disagree. I think that if you are a young, very talented college athlete in football or men's basketball producing the revenue that you do, I don't care whether or not you're getting paid. In fact, I certainly think you should. And I would encourage people to ask themselves this. Why do you care if a star running back in college football gets a really good car. It's a big controversy all the time. I think fans enjoy the idea that their rival schools pay for players, but they don't. I'm here to tell you, if your school is a part of major college athletics, then they are paying players on some level. The idea that only a couple of schools are out there paying is flagrantly wrong. Now, Could there be some schools that are going, let's say the speed limit is 70 and they're going 80, and other schools are going 120? Yeah, I think that's probably true. There are some schools that more aggressively break NCAA rules, but I believe, and I've said this for a long time, if you go to, if you root for a major college athletic program in basketball and football, and you have decent recruits on your team, I think that your school. Uh, has got players that are being paid outside of existing NCAA rules. Now, the big question there is, again, why do you care? I think my logic here is pretty consistent. I am a believer in markets. I believe that the best talent deserves to make as much money as they possibly can. That's predicated on my idea that in a meritocracy, the cream rises to the top, whether you're a hedge fund manager, a doctor, a lawyer, a roofer, a basketball player, a football player, if you are the best at what you do, if you are discernibly better than other people, you should make more money than they do. That's a very capitalistic belief, right? I'm the ultimate believer in capitalism. And so when I sat around and thought about the logic on this, when I really broke it down, I had a... You know, the, the concept of this is is the logic has to be consistent. So when I see that this exists, first of all, I find all the people out there who are like, oh my God, I can't believe that they were paying for college basketball players to be laughable. Because think about it. If you believe in markets, which I do, then these kids are an undervalued asset which aren't actually being paid what they're worth. And when you have an undervalued asset that isn't allowed to be paid what it's worth, effectively what you have is a black market. 
And if there is substantial demand for that, then you're going to have an underground economy where things outside of the realm of quote-unquote lawful activity take place. Now, this happens now with sports gambling, right? Technically, only one state in Nevada are you actually legally allowed to gamble on sports. Technically, every single one of you that does an NCAA basketball pool where you put 20 bucks in and whoever picks the best bracket wins, technically that's illegal under all laws outside the state of Nevada. Think about how crazy that is. All of you are violating the law when you put money into an NCAA bracket pool. Now, I saw a study yesterday that came out where 55% of Americans, including 62% of Americans under the age of 45, believe that sports gambling should be legal nationwide. I think that's kind of becoming a universal opinion. But when you see that, or I see that there is a massive drug trade, a lot of demand for drugs in this country, right? But it's not technically legal. How about prostitution? A lot of demand for extra sex that you pay for, right? But it's not technically legal. When there is demand for a product and the existing laws or regulations keep that product or that person from being compensated for their talent, you end up with a black market. And that's why all these payments have to come under the table. So I have no issue with this. Moreover, I'm also not surprised by it. So when I see that five schools are getting busted and assistant coaches are being charged, to me, I don't understand why we care. Now, I'm going to play you the audio uh, from the U.S. attorney who's bringing these charges. His name is June Kim, involving Louisville, Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, and USC. But I'm going to let you listen to this. I just disagree with him. I don't believe that this is a big deal in college sports. I don't particularly care whether guys are being paid for their talents in contravention of NCAA rules. I don't care if people are paying players. Like I said, why do you care if suddenly a running back or a quarterback is driving around in a Range Rover? Why do you care they got a nice car? You work hard and want to get a nice car. Why shouldn't a college football player be able to work hard and get a nice car? He's de- he's risking a lot more on the football field every week than you are. Let's keep talking about this, but pl- first let's play that audio. Here's the U.S. attorney discussing bringing charges against all of these assistant coaches involved in a paying p- pay-for-play scandal. The picture painted by the charges brought today is not a pretty one. Coaches at some of the nation's top programs soliciting and accepting cash bribes. Managers and financial advisors circling blue-chip prospects like Coyotes and employees of one of the world's largest sportswear companies secretly funneling cash to the families of high school recruits. Fraud, abuse, and corruption of the type alleged in the charges brought today contaminates all that is good and pure around it. And it has no place in college sports. Why not? Why why does it not have a place in college sports that if you're talented and you can't go pro under existing NFL and NBA rules, 
why should you and your family not be able to get money for that talent when the schools are making billions of dollars? Again, this is something where I've changed my opinion on. I want to be logically consistent. What's amazing to me is the number of you out there right now who are potentially conservative, who believe in lower taxes, who believe in business success, who believe that individuals should be paid as much money as possible, who turn into Marxists when you talk about capitalism existing in college athletics. What's the big danger here? See, my general precept is this. If you are 18 years old, you should be able to go pro in whatever path of life you so desire. We don't ask Taylor Swift to go sing in the chorus at Vanderbilt University, right? Nobody's saying, oh, you got to go sing in the chorus at Vanderbilt University, Taylor, for three years before you can release an album and make money. We don't demand that Leonardo DiCaprio go to USC and star in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof before he goes out and makes Titanic and becomes a superstar in Hollywood. We don't even consistently demand these things of other athletes. In baseball, at 18, you can go pro and make millions of dollars. In hockey, at 18, you can go pro and make millions of dollars. In golf, swimming, pretty much every sport you can imagine, soccer, tennis, pretty much all of these sports you can go pro at 18 years old. Why is it that you can't go pro in at 18 in football or in men's basketball? I'd submit to you because the colleges have set up a rigged system where they make all the money off the top elite talent at 18 and 19, 20 years old. One reason that my opinion on this has changed substantially is the risk factor. When I saw what happened to Marcus Lattimore, I went and watched Marcus Lattimore carry the ball 40 times for over 200 yards for South Carolina on the road at Florida. That one South Carolina, it's only SEC's championship. They went on and got crushed by Auburn in the SEC title game that year. But when I was watching that game, I went down and watched Marcus Lattimore be interviewed after the game, and I said, man, this guy is only 18 or 19 years old, but he's ready to go pro. He was able, at that point in time, if he so desired, to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. But NFL rules don't allow you to come out until after three years from your high school's graduation. So you have to play for three years of college football. So Marcus Lattimore had to come back for his sophomore year, and he tore up his knee. And then he had to come back for his junior year, and he tore up his other knee. And then he went pro, and he never played a down of NFL football because his knees got torn up in his sophomore and his junior year. Now, maybe Marcus Lattimore would have never decided to go pro at all, right? Maybe he would have not left after his freshman year. Maybe he would have gotten injured regardless. But to me, he should have had that option, especially in a physically demanding field like this. And this is where I want you to take a step back and think about this from an analogy perspective. If I told you right now, regardless of what profession you do, that you are guaranteed in one year to sign a $25 million contract, 
Okay? Guaranteed $25 million contract. But in the space of this next year, while you do your current profession, you could lose that $25 million contract forever. Is there a single one of you out there right now that would not immediately quit your job and sit out for a year? Whether you're a roofer, a dentist, or a radio show host like me, I think every single person out there right now would sit out for a year rather than risk the possibility that they would lose that $25 million guarantee. If you told me right now, Clay Travis, your contract is up in June of next year, which is true, and you were going to sign a $25 million guaranteed contract for radio, guaranteed when that contract is up in June. But between now and then, you have the capability potentially of losing your voice and never, ever being able to do the radio again. Guess what I would do? I would sit out. I'd say, you know what? I'll take off the rest of that time. Not worth the risk to me. Love you guys. Love getting up in the morning and starting the day with you every day. But if I knew I had a guaranteed $25 million waiting for me, and in the meantime I could lose my voice and never be able to make money in radio again, I'd say peace out and I'd chill for the next seven or eight months until I could sign that $25 million contract and come back. If I'd do it, if most of you would do it, isn't it crazy that we do that to college football and college basketball players? I just think it's wild. All right, opening up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Do you agree with me that the Louisville, Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, and USC charges being brought are not that surprising? Moreover, do you agree with me that in the grand scheme of things, they aren't even justifiable when it comes to the big goal? Why is it that the U.S. attorneys care whether college athletes are getting paid? That's just how markets work. When we create a situation where college athletes can't be compensated for their talents, the market finds a way to compensate them. 877-996-6369. I'll bring in the crew. We'll continue to break this down. Do you care whether college athletes are paid? Weigh in. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage, and we're hanging here in the Outkick studios. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Let's bring in the crew. Jason Martin, do you care if college basketball or football players are paid? No, I don't care that they're getting paid, and I certainly believe that they should be getting paid. I care only in as much as the law is the law in terms of the NCAA or whatever their policy is, is their policy. It's a bad policy, and it needs to change. And I guess the the other side of this to me is it didn't affect me as much as some because I've who didn't know this was going on like who I think didn't people all, like to bury, who wasn't already aware of this people bury their heads in the sand like Kentucky fans listening to us right now are like all these players are just choosing to go play for John Calipari for because they love Kentucky basketball because that's the way fans think like a certain percentage of them know they're going because you're paying them. Like, John Calipari may not be sitting there with a stack of cash, like, giving out money, but those guys who are all top five stars are not going to play college basketball at Kentucky for free. And I'm not trying to pick on Kentucky, but I think their fan base tends to be illogical about these things. 
Um, I think that every top college basketball player in the country, especially the five stars, the guys who could definitely potentially go pro, are getting paid to go somewhere, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Kentucky. Now, maybe a school like Duke doesn't do it because they're recruiting a lot of times kids who may not need money, right? I do believe that if your family's rich, it's unlikely that you necessarily are out there soliciting money, right? So uh, I, I do think that there's probably a few guys out there, but you know, having a rich parent means that you don't need money, right? So that's what I've always said is unfair. Like nobody cares if somebody has a rich family member and gets to drive a, a rich, a fancy car on college campus or gets to live in a nice, a nicer apartment or have money to go out and do whatever else they want to do. That's not an improper benefit. The NCAA can't punish you because your dad or mom has money. All they can do, again, this is the goal of the NCAA when you really break it down. The NCAA is in business to ensure that poor kids when they get to college are still poor when they leave. And that's why, to me, they have a totally immoral job. Like, when you really break it down, that's what the NCAA does. Think about that being your job. If you are an NCAA investigator investigating the concept of quote-unquote, improper benefits. Like, I think improper benefits is one of the funniest phrases we've ever created. Fans out there are like, oh, that's an improper benefit. You know what we call improper benefits when people are being paid for their work? Salaries, (laughs) right? It's like you aren't being improperly benefited by going and providing your labor to someone else in exchange for pay. That's called being a capitalist. My goal is to sell my labor for as much money as I possibly can, just like I would hope that everybody listening to me right now in all 50 states is trying to sell their labor for as much as they possibly can. So I don't understand even the idea behind this investigation. Like The reason why the money is coming in is because the NCAA isn't allowing it and because the NFL and the NBA have artificial barriers to restrict the entry of professional athletes. Age limits which requires these players to go to college as a default minor league in football and men's basketball. If you believe in markets, it certainly doesn't surprise you that people who have those values are going to get paid. Here's the other thing. Is there anybody out there who enjoys college sports less if guys get paid to go play in college? I don't even understand that argument. Like, I don't enjoy pro sports less because guys get paid to go play, I all certainly am not going to enjoy college sports less if a guy's got a Range Rover or if somebody has got a nicer apartment than they otherwise would. Like, more power to you, you know? Like, I just think this is crazy. What about L.A.? Danny G. and, and Justin, do you guys have particular cares here? No, I actually, I like your take on this. But uh, the one thing I would ask you, Clay, and it, it brought to mind what has happened in the past in radio and record companies for years. I'm talking years. There was pay for play. And it's kind of a thing of the past now uh, because of, you know, the fact that there's only a couple of major broadcasting companies running the show. But back when there were a lot of different owners of radio stations, you know, if you had money, Clay, and you were running a record company there in Tennessee, you could get your artists all over the country on the radio. And everyone knew it was going on, but nobody was really doing anything about it. So it, I, the only thing I will say, though, is that killed the independent artists, that killed the independent record companies. So 
would there be a way to protect the the fact that the smaller programs would they suddenly not get any players now that they? No, I, no yeah, it's a, it's a good I mean? question. Like, first of all, I think every NCAA rule is a sham. I hate unnecessary rules and I hate unnecessary bureaucracies. To me, the NCAA is that to a T, right? Because think about NCAA rules. The NCAA exists as this huge bureaucracy to manage college athletics. What does it actually change? How many people out there right now are making a decision between going to Southern Miss or Alabama or making a decision between going to Eastern Kentucky or Kentucky to play basketball? Nobody. All the NCAA rules do is create a barrier to entry without changing a substantive impact. In other words, the top players go to the top programs no matter what the rules are. If there were zero NCAA rules, Kentucky would get the best players in basketball and Alabama would get the best players in football. Generally speaking, right? USC is not getting out-recruited by Fresno State. Florida is not getting beat for players by FIU. The top players go to the top programs and all NCAA rules do is create a huge bureaucracy for no reason that doesn't change the substantive outcome. And look, I think that the top players are the only ones that are going to get paid. A lot of guys out there are getting value over and above what they would actually be worth, right? Like if you're a two- or a three-star guy, you might end up being a really good player as you age and develop and your talent comes to full fruition, but you aren't going to get paid that much money. We're only talking about the very top echelon players. And this is where college athletics is getting screwed by the age limits because if you allowed 18-year-olds to go straight to the pros, then the top players in college wouldn't need to get paid under the table. right? That's to me where I think age restrictions, to me, are unconstitutional and should be illegal under our existing federal and state laws. Now, so far, the law doesn't agree with me, but I think when Maurice Claret filed that lawsuit saying, hey, I should be able to go pro after my freshman year at Ohio State, I think he was right. I think that not allowing a player to go pro is a restriction. I think certainly in basketball, we have seen innumerable 18-year-olds who have gone in and done fantastic work and proven that you can go straight from high school to the NBA whether it's LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Amari Stoudemire, there's a long list of guys at 18 who were capable of going pro instead of going to college. If you allowed that to happen, then you would eliminate a large degree of the black market because guys would be able to go straight to the pros and these sneaker companies wouldn't try to get in touch with them already. What you do by requiring one and done is you're putting somebody who's worth millions of dollars into an artificial lineup here where they're worth millions of dollars to a Kentucky or a Duke or an Arizona. And instead of being able to make that money, those kids have to wait and make money in a a year or two years. And in the result, they're going to get paid in some way. But Again, 877-996-6369. Let me bring in Eddie Garcia for an update, but I want to leave you with this thought and also get your reaction. Why do you care? Like, I would love for somebody to call in and explain to me why, as a fan, you feel like top college football and basketball players shouldn't be able to be 
making, getting paid something, right? Getting a nicer apartment, getting a better car, getting put $200,000 into their bank account. Why does that matter to you? All right, Eddie Garcia, give us an update. Well, Clay, in baseball, we got five days left in the regular season. Let's check the games involving the playoff races in the American League, where the Twins top the Indians 8-6. to six. Minnesota's magic number to clinch that second wildcard spot in the American League is at 1. The Angels did avoid elimination with a 9-3 win over the White Sox, but one more loss for the Angels, and they will be out of the playoff picture. The Yankees beat the Royals 6-1, to one, while the Red Sox lost to the Blue Jays 9-4, to four, so Boston's magic number to win the AL East remains at three. News from the NFL where the Miami Dolphins reinstated linebacker Lawrence Timmons after he was suspended indefinitely for going AWOL prior to week two of their game against the Chargers. And in the NBA, Dwayne Wade reportedly going to sign that one-year deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers for the veteran minimum of around $2.5 million. My man, uh, we're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 18, uh, sorry, 15%. 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Justin Cooper, your thoughts here. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on, on what Danny said because I, I kind of have the same opinion as, as him. I don't have any problem with the idea of players getting paid. But, uh, you know, to, to what your response to, to Danny, like, you know, the top players are going to go to the top schools anyway. And, and sure, I mean, you know, that's probably true about the the top recruits coming out of high school. But, you know, what about those those diamonds in the rough like that? You know, they can still get scholarships. Well, sh- sure. But like, let's say, you know, you've got somebody who's not not highly recruited coming out of high school. And then he goes to a, a small you know school like, you know, Kent State or something like that. And he blossoms into one of the best players in the country he's going to want to transfer out of there as soon as he, you know, breaks out of his freshman season so that he can get paid at USC or, or Alabama. Uh, that right? might be, that might be true, but I mean, I don't know necessarily that there's anything wrong with that. Like everybody, you know, if, if, if you were right now doing this show and suddenly you got offered to go to another show where you made a lot more money, we would just call that taking a better job. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's anything wrong with the player deciding to do that, but I, I just think it would suck for the, you know, the fans of those Small school. I, I, yeah, like, I have but, no problem with it because I'm a USC fan, so I know I'd be getting a great product. I think that would happen relatively rarely um, because I think most times guys would say, you know what? Well, first of all, you should be able to go pro is my opinion. Like, I think if, if you have the talent to go pro, you should be able to go pro. So I think most guys would not want to transfer to a bigger school and make more money in college athletics. If you came in as a diamond in the rough, which almost never happens, by the way, certainly in basketball. Right, it's very rare that a that a top guy who's good enough to go to the NBA suddenly gets discovered a year into his time at Kent State, for example, because basketball everybody knows who the best players are typically already. Um, but if that happened, then you'd probably just go pro. You wouldn't try to transfer in football. Maybe you would transfer, but a lot of guys don't want to sit out. And by the time you transferred, you'd only have one year left under existing rules to play, so you'd probably stay where you are. So I don't really think that would happen. We got loaded lines eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. I the 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 issue here is to me you should be able to make money off your talent the moment that you turn eighteen years old. And there are a lot of people out there who say, oh, you know. And again, we're going to go to your calls, but a lot of people say, oh, well, what happens if these eighteen year olds go pro and then they aren't successful? I mean, my question is, why do you care? Right? Like, why is there paternalism in sports like that? That's life. 
People go and try to do things all the time. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. There are thousands of people over the next few years who will move to Nashville, Tennessee to try to make a living as country music singers in this city. And they'll wait tables, and they will do whatever they have to to try to get their break and become superstars in country music. They're 18 years old, a lot of them, 19 years old. Most of those people will fail because they won't be good enough, because the breaks won't happen for them. But you know what they'll do? They'll end up making a living doing something else. You don't care. I don't hear anybody ever say, you know what? Why are we letting these 18-year-olds join the Marines? People out there are like, oh, an 18, 19-year-old wouldn't do very well in the NFL or the NBA. I don't ever hear anybody say, man, that 18-year-old's probably going to not do very well in the Marines. We don't try to protect kids when it comes to graduating from high school, getting an M16 put in their hands, and tell them to go walk around in Afghanistan and Iraq and get shot at. They're putting their lives on the line at 18 years old before they can even buy a beer. I don't hear anybody like, yeah, more power to those kids, but they're making decisions at 18 that put their lives at risk. Worst case scenario, if you don't make it as an NBA player, you go back and do something else. Worst case scenario, if you don't make it as an NFL player, you end up doing something else. Danny G and Robert are out. Danny G and Justin are out in L.A. How many people move to L.A. every year to try to become actors and actresses? A lot of them don't make it at 18 and 19 years old. I don't hear anybody saying, oh, man, what happens if you move to L.A. and you don't become a superstar? Well, then you make a living doing something else. That's life. So I'm not concerned about the outcome. There's a lot of people out there who get outcome determinant. If you don't make it, then you can go back to school, try to get an education, or you can go into normal jobs. Happens every day in the world of music and in the world of entertainment, movies. Some people become superstars. Most people don't. Clay, I I will say that we have the most charismatic servers here in our restaurants in L.A. Most best looking, too. Yes. (laughs) Like everybody who's the best looking person in, you know, like Nebraska thinks that they're doing really well in the school production of Oklahoma, decides they're going to move to L.A. and become a star. And so you've got, like, all the best-looking people from all over the country who are flocking to L.A. And I'll say this. Go out to a bar in Nashville any hour of the day. More talented person there singing in the bar than probably exists in many states. Like, right now, Nashville, they have basically 24-hour live music, right, on Broadway. You go in there at 10 a.m., or noon on a Wednesday, that guy who's singing or that girl who is singing is probably better than any entertainer at playing music in the entire state of North Dakota, right? That's how hard it is to get a gig on Broadway just to sing in a bar. But most of those guys and girls aren't going to make very much money. 877-996-6369. I think we have loaded lines. I'll hit you when we come back. We're talking about this investigation, all of the different schools that have been hit, Louisville, USC, Oklahoma State, Auburn, and Arizona. All five of these schools supposedly caught paying players. Why do we care? Like Even the U.S. attorneys is like, this is a big deal. Let's discuss. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkate the Coverage right here on Fox Sports Radio. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Jason Martin, you wanted to hop in? Yeah, I just had one question. Just I mean, like, I don't care in terms of in terms of the baseline question. However, does it because it, the only thing that, that bothers me about it really is the fact that even though I think it's bogus, unless it's off the books, they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. That does concern me. That does bother me. It's but not that everybody's the, not trying is, to do it. But my issue is just the, the reason if you believe in markets, then when you have laws that are unjust or that are illogical, people do off-the-books things. Like That's my argument for why I would legalize sports gambling. That's why I would legalize prostitution. That's why I would legalize non-immediately like dangerous-for-life drugs. Right? If you want to smoke pot and you want to pay for a hooker, and you want to bet on who's going to win Monday Night Football, I think that's totally fine. So the fact that we create an industry where the law doesn't allow people to do what they want to do as consenting adults means that, like, I'm not in for, to me, this is like a law of morality, right? We're not, I don't think that this is making the world a better place. Like, in what way is it harming me if a college pays for a top recruit to come play for them? No, I don't. I don't disagree with with any of the points that you just made about prostitution or drugs or, or any of those kinds of things in terms of it not affecting anybody else's life or, or whatever like that. We shouldn't be in the business of legislating how people spend their time or spend their money. In most cases, the only thing is, I guess, I guess my impasse is as much as I think that the rule, I guess maybe law is the wrong way to put it, but the rule, the policy that the NCAA has employed, as well as the NBA and the one and done rule. And the complicity of the professional leagues and all of what's going on as well. It is a rule, and I do. I, I'm not but necessarily yeah, but okay I understand, with just I understand being that argument, civilly but when, disobedient to that. When rules are illogical and make no sense, I think people should break them. I understand people disagree. So you with just me, think like, we should be paying people anyway? Like even when the NCAA says no about it, like that's. I mean, that's if I were, if I were, me. if I were 17 and poor, here's the way I think: if I were 17 and poor and I were the exact same person that I am right now, and I saw a school making billions of dollars off of my talents, I would want to get paid, right? And so I think if I were 17 and poor, and I were somebody who's like, well, you can get this college scholarship, I'd be like, that's great, but I should be getting a lot more than that. Now, I would be nervous about doing it, but I would want to get paid for my talent. Just like I want morally, to get paid for my talent wrong, now. Though. I would feel have zero issues with it morally. Because I'm a capitalist. And I believe like that money is coming in. It's not like these schools aren't making tons of money. So if I were a five-star quarterback or if I were a five-star point guard, I would want to get paid if my family was poor. Now, if my family already had money and I had never wanted for anything, I'd be perfectly fine going to college and waiting to get my own official money by the time that I got out, right? I mean, I, I, that, that's my personal – That's I, I know how I my brain works. I'm very confident that's the way I would be thinking. So, look, if I were fortunate enough and I was Archie Manning's son, like Peyton Manning is, and my dad had made a lot of money playing football, and I could go play at the University of Tennessee or I were Eli and I could go to Ole Miss, I wouldn't be like, hey, my hand's out. I need to get paid. But if I were a poor kid – whose family had never had anything, and I'm seeing all the money that's being made off of my talent, then yeah, I would want to get paid for it, especially if I played football because you're getting the crap kicked out of you every day in football, and those kids are smart enough to understand they're one hit away from never making a dollar off of their talent. 
I mean, I would be terrified if I were 17 or 18 years old and I knew how good I was that something like Marcus Lattimore would happen to me. That I could be a freshman All-American as, a, a, as my first year and then my knees get blown up in my sophomore and junior years and I never make a dollar off of my talent in football. It doesn't mean that I would be miserable for the rest of my life. I mean, I'd go on and, and, and make a living. But the idea that I wasn't allowed to make money, that to me is immoral. Like, I mean, really, when you break it down, the concept of improper benefits is something that I think the NCAA has sold to your average fan, and I think it's a bill of goods. I mean, that's what I'm talking about today. Like, because I think a lot of you probably listening to me now are like, yeah, why do I believe what I believe? Because for a long time, I bought into what the NCAA was selling. I was like, oh, can't play college, can't pay college players. That would be a disaster. Remember, we're only talking about the top four and five star guys that would get very much. Just the very best players out there. You know, the guys who are highly sought after that have definite pro futures. And that's where the leagues haven't helped the NCAA, haven't helped college athletics at all, because if the system allowed these guys to go pro, then they wouldn't need to put their hand out and say, hey, give me some money for playing college basketball or the NFL. All right, I promise I'm going to go to your calls. We're all loaded up. Stick with us. we got 10 lines all over the country. I'm going to go to you guys and get your reactions. 877-996-6369 at the top of hour two. If you're just waking up across the country, we are talking about the charges that have been brought against five different assistant basketball coaches for helping to funnel money to top recruits. Arizona, uh, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Louisville, and USC. All of them have assistant basketball coaches that have been charged with felonies. My question is, why do we care? Why do we care if top college basketball recruits are being paid for their time in college? Why does it matter at all? I believe it happens everywhere. Anywhere signing top college basketball recruits, I believe, has got paid players. You're crazy if you don't believe otherwise. I'm Clay Travis. Thank you for waking up with us here on OutKick, the coverage. Coming to you live from the OutKick iHeartRadio Geico Studios. That's a lot to say. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, let's uh, roll in and start to take your calls as we react to the big news that happened yesterday. FBI bringing charges, um, the United States Attorney's Office bringing charges against five different assistant college basketball coaches in a pay-for-play scheme involving Adidas. School and coaches, school and coaches involved, Arizona so far, USC, uh, Louisville, Auburn, and Oklahoma State. So I'm saying I don't care. I don't care whether or not guys are getting paid under the table in college athletics. Um, Right now, the votes are out. You can go vote in our poll. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. One of the things that I like to do is when we got a big meaty story like this, Dive into a question. Why do you believe what you believe? I started off the show. You can certainly go down the podcast, as millions of you are going to do this month. I have told you before, when I started this show, I said I used to care about this. I'll be honest. Back when Cam Newton was getting paid by Auburn, yeah, and you paid him, Auburn, goodbye, uh, I was like, man, you know, you can't do this. This is a uh, a violation of rules. The more I thought about it over the years – the more I've come to say, you know what? I'm a capitalist. I believe in markets. One of the thing that I've one of the things that I've evolved in is 
I have become more fiscally conservative personally in my life. When I was 22 and I had no money, I was like, I didn't care about tax rates. Now I'm 38 and I got money. I'm like, you know, I kind of care about tax rates a little bit more now. Socially, I'm pretty liberal, fiscally fairly conservative, but I'm a markets guy. And I believe that you should be able to sell your talent for as much as you possibly can. And I don't like artificial constraints on markets, which to me is what the age restriction is for the NFL and the NBA, and also what we've created in college athletics. And I think one of the worst phrases that's ever come into popular parlance is the idea of improper benefits. I would not write a story about a kid, personally, from a moral perspective, getting improper benefits now at OutKick. I wouldn't do it. I haven't done it in a long time because I think the phrase improper benefits is immoral. If I were 17 years old and poor, I would think it's crazy that I'm going to a college that's going to make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars off of my talents, and I'm not going to get any money for that. And especially if I'm risking my body. 877-996-6369. I'm going to go to your calls. I've been promising to do it. Poll results so far. Uh, About 500 of you have voted in the first couple of minutes here. Do you care if top college basketball or football players are being paid under the table? 54% of you agree with me, and you say you don't care at all. I think that's the right side of this argument, but obviously not everyone agrees with me. And let's go in to these calls. Who should we go to first, Jason Martin? Uh, Jason Martin may be fielding uh, calls right now. So uh, let me go to... Let's see if Aaron in Virginia is ready. Aaron in Virginia, are you there? I think we're going to go to calls now. We have we have loaded uh, we have loaded lines. Danny G, what were you uh, what were you hopping in on here and saying? Oh, okay. We lost Jason Martin for the moment. All right. So eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Uh, we'll be back with uh, with Jason Martin here in a minute. But I think that's interesting, that there is kind of a natural reaction where people out there are going to say, uh, you know what, I feel bad about paying players. I feel like that shouldn't happen. One of the things I always ask is why. One of the things I like to do on this show is challenge your thinking and actually dive into a subject, and that's what we're doing here with this major news in college basketball. Is there anybody who enjoys the NCAA tournament less if they know that players are making money to be playing in the NCAA tournament? If your answer is yes, I'm really genuinely unclear how that is true. It makes you enjoy the NCAA tournament less if you know players are being paid to be there. Like, do you dislike the NFL more because you know people are getting paid there? Do you dislike the NBA more? Do you dislike Major League Baseball? Let's go to Aaron in Virginia. Aaron, what's up? Hey, good morning, Clay. Uh, now, nine times out of ten, I agree with you on things, but and I think that you always have an open mind, but I don't think that you have an open mind on this one. And I'll tell you why. The college athletes are already getting paid. I work for public government, and I pay back my student loans every day. They're getting paid twenty to however many thousand dollars a year. Right, but it's not. A, but it's college. not a bar. Okay, but hold on, it's not a bargain for market, right? Like, what if you don't want to be paid in an education? They're still getting paid for their entire uh, life, pretty much. No, no, but, but so, but but if you're a capitalist, if you're a capitalist like I am, 
if somebody came to me right now and said, Clay Travis, instead of paying you to do this radio show, I'm going to give you free tuition to go get another college degree. I'd be like, I'm not doing that, right? You can pay me cash instead. So that's a, that's a totally different point because you already have one. Now, look, let me give you my but second even, point. But even too. if I didn't, even if I did, let's pretend that I didn't have a college degree. Let's pretend that I was really good at radio, that I had gone pro at 18, and now I'm 38, and I didn't have my law degree, I didn't have my college degree, and they said, like, iHeartRadio came to you, and they said, hey, Clay, we'd love for you to do a national radio show for Fox Sports Radio, but we don't pay actual money. What we can give you in exchange is free college education. I'd be like, okay, I'm not That's doing that. That's the complete that. opposite. You've already, you've already gone pro in your line of work. You've already gone pro. That's the complete opposite of what we're talking about. It doesn't – it doesn't – the point is, okay, it could be instead of, instead of being college, it could be I'm going to pay you in – I'm going to give you a, a, a cupcake factory. And I could be like, well, I don't want a cupcake factory. I want actual money, right? Like in America, when you have talent, you sell it for the highest possible bidder, right? I mean, that's the goal of capitalism. All right, can I give you my second point now? Yeah. The the second issue with this that I see is it's a numbers game. They're only going to have the same amount of intake that they have right now. That's not going to fluctuate that much. What's going to change is they're having to output all this extra money, so they're going to need more intake. Where do you think that's going to come from? That's going to come from the little guys like me who's having to increase their student tuition to no. pay for these people no, it's a good, it's who a good are question. already getting no. free it's college. A, no, no, hold on. It's a good question. What's happening now? How are athletic departments structured now? They use the money that they make off of the talent of men's basketball players and football players to redistribute scholarships to people that otherwise would not get scholarships for athletics. Title, and I appreciate the call from here. The, the way that this is set up now is if you are a great men's football player, the money in excess value that you create, okay, let's say that you are Baker Mayfield right now, right? Baker Mayfield goes to the University of Oklahoma, and he is maybe going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. And I think it's fair to say that Baker Mayfield is probably worth a couple of million dollars a year right now to Oklahoma, right? A great college quarterback clearly would be worth a couple million dollars. Right now, Baker Mayfield, let's say, gets a scholarship to Oklahoma. That scholarship to Oklahoma all in probably cost the university $50,000. And by the way, it doesn't actually cost the university anywhere near $50,000, right? But let's just pretend that it does. All of the money that Baker Mayfield produces over and above what his scholarship would be worth, let's say that he makes $2 million for the university, that $1,950,000 in excess value that Baker Mayfield unlocks is actually being rolled into scholarships for a lot of kids that otherwise would not get scholarships. For instance, no female athlete in America would get a scholarship if there were a market-based system in place. Because no women's athletic program in the country, with the possible exception of UConn women's basketball and Tennessee women's basketball, actually makes money. That is, every single scholarship athlete who is female in the country is only getting a scholarship because of Title IX and because of the market value of men's college basketball and football. So every woman and every man who doesn't play those two sports, by and large, is actually costing their university money. Most people don't actually consider this, but if you are a swimmer and you're getting a scholarship, you are getting a scholarship because of the money that's produced by football 
and men's basketball. Otherwise, there's no economic value to your athletic talent. If you are a sprinter, if you are a swimmer, if you are a women's lacrosse player or field hockey or whatever else, and you're getting a scholarship, it's only because of those men. That's where your revenue is going. That's where the excess revenue from college athletics is rolling into. All these big athletic programs make tons of money off of these schools, off of these off of these uh, teams, and then they roll the money into excess. So you're being incredibly lucrative in terms of what you're creating, but the capitalistic value that you're unlock, unlocking is then being distributed Marxist socialism-wise to everybody else who's in college athletics in your program. So a guy like Baker Mayfield, who has incredible value, is actually probably directly from his talents giving scholarships to like 60 other people at Oklahoma, whatever the math is there. That's how that works. Let's go to Roger in Houston. What's up, Roger? Senator Travis, good morning to you, sir. How are you? I appreciate that. I'm doing well. I just want you to know that uh, if I live in Texas, but if you truly decide to run, I might make my very first financial contribution to a campaign. People so, out there who don't know, I, I may be running for Senate next year. The the senator from Tennessee, Bob Corker, decided not to run. As long as Peyton Manning doesn't run, I think I'm going to throw my hat in the race next year. I would definitely be interested in helping out with that for sure. I, I appreciate you taking my call, and, and i, I got to tell you, I, I, I disagree uh, with your idea on this as well. Much like what the first caller said, I understand that we're talking about that they already received uh, compensation for their services in terms of goods. Um, it is that free education, and as a dad writing tuition checks now, I can deeply appreciate that. Plus, not only that, the superstar athletes that you're referring to, the benefits that they receive are even far and above those of even other college student-athletes in terms of the, the food that's provided for them, the travel they get to experience, the opportunities to be in different environments that other college students are not going to be able to get based on their abilities. And as I mentioned, as I, as I heard you talking to the other caller, in a free market system, a student-athlete should be able to get maximum return on what they bring to the table. Relatively speaking, they do get that because they get to choose which university that they get to go to that's going to provide them the best opportunities to benefit their lives down the road. And I, what, what, what bothers me in terms of basketball is that I fear that if you do something like that, you're not going to have a Gonzaga anymore because they're not going to be able to pay that athlete. And then that premier program is not going to be able to be successful. And so that, that's my concern. I, I, I've seen it from both sides. Here's what I would love. Here's what I would love to know. And and this is something we don't know, Roger. I would love to know what is a five-star athlete actually worth on the open market? Let's pretend there were no NCAA restrictions, right? Let's pretend that, boosters are basically going to be paying, because that's what would really happen, right? The university itself is not going to be writing checks to these guys. The way it's going to happen is all of you out there who are listening to me now, who are big fans of a school, you would decide, you know what? I want this five-star quarterback to go to my school. We're going to put together as much money as we can and get him to come here, right? That, that's probably, thanks for the call, by the way, Roger. I, that That's probably the way the market would actually be set up. And in the way that the internet works now, I think that five-star recruits would have like their own web pages and every school that they're considering, 
they would say, okay, you know what? There are five schools that I'm interested in going to. I'm interested in going to Alabama, Ohio State, uh, USC. I'm interested in going to Auburn, let's say, and also let's toss in Notre Dame. All right? These are the five schools that I'm considering. I'm a five-star quarterback. I'm going to allow all five of these schools to be on my main website as a recruit, and I'm going to allow donors from or fans, boosters, whatever you want to say, of those five schools to give money to me to see what I'm worth to go to that school. First of all, tell me that that wouldn't be insanely entertaining to watch. All like you just have like all five of those schools, and every day you can check it. It's almost like a GoFundMe, and individual athletes and individual uh, fans can decide how much they want to pay athletes, right? Um, and if you're like a big car dealer in Birmingham, Alabama, and you're a huge Crimson Tide fan, well, hell, you can go in there and give $10,000 to X player to get him to come play at the University of Alabama. What I would love to see, and that would be perfectly legal, what I would love to see is what's the actual value, right? Like what would end up happening? Because remember, a lot of these five-star guys don't pan out, right? Like if you gave $10,000 for a top quarterback – and then he ended up being a bust, you're probably not going to give $10,000 to the next top quarterback. It's a little bit like buying stocks, right? You don't know which individual stock is going to do well. That's why people buy index funds. So I don't know exactly what the value would end up being. Every Cam Newton who comes out of junior college and becomes a stud and wins the Heisman Trophy, there's 25 guys that you think are going to be good that become busts. What's the actual value? If you had, like, on the computer screen, the ability to go in and bid for a five-star, I think it would be incredible. I think it would be extraordinary to see. Because then we could actually see what the value is. What would the market set the value of a five-star athlete at for basketball and football? For football, it would be a lot higher, I think, because people care more about football. But for basketball, there would be less busts. There are a lot fewer five-star guys who become busts in basketball than there are five-star guys who become busts in football. And that's because in basketball, you can see all the best players compete against each other. And also because in basketball, there are physical attributes that other people don't have. Your average quarterback is going to be what? 6'3", 6'4"? There are a lot of 6'3", or 6'4", guys out there who could play quarterback, right? There ain't that many 6'11", or 7'0", dominant players. There's not that many six foot ten people who can handle the basketball. Like those guys are just freaks of nature, so it's harder for them to bust because there are less competitive guys like that. Also, at seventeen or eighteen, you're more roundly capable of playing high level basketball. There's a lot of LeBrons, Kobe's, Kevin Garnett's, uh, Amari Stoudemire's, Tracy McGrady's out there. There aren't that many guys who we believe could go into the NFL at eighteen or nineteen years old and even be able to do it. Let's go to James in Kentucky. What's up, James? James actually dropped off. Let's go to Dylan in Dayton, Ohio. Dylan in Dayton, Ohio. What's up, Dylan? Hey, how you doing, Clay? Hey, uh, here in Ohio, I, I just read the other day that Ohio State football program is worth $1.5 billion. Yeah, that's a great I stat. That was free. from, by the way, let me hit a couple of those right now. I meant to mention this. This was from the, uh, I, I took a screenshot of this. Um, this was from the uh, the. A Wall Street Journal, Ohio State's uh, top 25 most valuable college football programs, according to the Wall Street Journal. Ohio State worth $1.5 billion. Texas worth $1.2. Oklahoma worth a billion. Alabama worth $930 million. LSU 
911 million. That's the top five. All right. But uh, but that's a good data point. I'm glad you brought that up. Dylan's got to turn down his uh, turn down his radio there. I don't know what just happened. Dylan's Dylan gone. I don't know what that was weird. No, he's gone. All right. Well, I'm sorry we lost him. Well, I don't know what he was going to say. He can call back in. 877-996-6369. You guys can roll back in if uh, if you're capable. We'll continue to take your calls. Going to talk to John Campbell at the bottom of the hour. This is actually pretty interesting. John Campbell did some research, and he actually – well, we'll talk about this at the bottom of the hour, but he looked into the teams that were most active in protesting and tried to figure out how they did against the spread, which is a, uh, which is a pretty fascinating question. Uh, in the meantime, go vote in our poll right now. The poll question results are up. Do you care? The question is, do you care if top college basketball or football players are being paid under the table? Uh, about 2,000 of you have voted so far. 55% of you say no. You do not care at all, despite the fact that obviously this huge college basketball scandal is rolling right now. More of your calls next on this. Should college basketball and football players be paid? Do you care? Talking about a big issue here in athletics on OutKick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Let's bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what the news is uh, across the sports landscape. All right, Clay, in baseball, we've got five days left in the regular season. Let's check those playoff races in the American League where the Twins beat the Indians 8-6. to Minnesota's magic number to clinch that second wildcard spot is at 1. Angels over the White Sox 9-3. to With that win, the Angels do avoid elimination, but one more loss and they are out of the playoff picture. Yankees over the Royals 6-1, to while the Red Sox lost to the Blue Jays 9-4. to So Boston's magic number to wrap up the AL East remains at 3. In the NBA, Dwayne Wade reportedly going to sign a one-year deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He will make the league minimum. And also news from the NFL where the Miami Dolphins reinstated linebacker Lawrence Timmons after he was suspended for going AWOL prior to week two of their game against the Chargers. All right, we're rolling here. We're going to talk to John Campbell here momentarily. But Jason Martin, who should I go to? Uh, who makes the most sense here? Uh, I think Tripp and Raleigh has a real inter- interesting idea on how you can measure the value of five-star athletes. Yeah, you know, I was saying earlier, we're talking about obviously the scandal, the college football coaches all being charged with crimes by after an FBI investigation. Um, and my question was, I would love to know what the actual value is. One of the challenges of having a black market in general is you don't, you're not able to 100% determine what the value is, Right. Because sometimes the moment that you end a black market, value would plummet, right? For instance, let me give you an example. If suddenly cocaine became legal, let's say that everybody out there who's using cocaine as a party drug, if suddenly it became legal, the price of cocaine would plummet, right? Because the cost of getting cocaine into the country because the uh, sort of covert nature by which it's required to be distributed, it would all vanish and it would become a commodity that is taxed and legalized like every other commodity. And one of the lessons of modern economics is when something becomes, obviously, in high supply, the cost for it diminishes. So cocaine, for example, would plummet, right? The cost of cocaine would plummet if suddenly it were legal in this country. I don't know on a pure open market system what a five-star would actually be worth as it compares to the black market now because we've never actually been able to just go out and figure out how much would schools or fans pay for top talent. Tripp's got an idea, I think. What's up, Tripp? Hey, Clay. Um, I think you could 
uh, get a rough estimate of what a five-star would look like, if you just took a case study of, like, Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel, if you look at the money they raised when Johnny won the Heisman Trophy, they built an entire fundraising campaign for Kyle Field renovations pretty much around, like, Johnny Manziel's stardom. I mean, they were selling um, seats at a dinner table to eat with Johnny Manziel for boosters for, like, $25,000 right. a seat. That's so right. There's tangible, like, evidence there that there, there's some sort of value, but I feel like you could go through and attribute donations to Manziel and calculate some sort of rough estimate as to what he'd be worth. Manziel's, that's a great point. Manziel's a little bit different because he wasn't that high level of a recruit. Like, he's an example of a guy that wouldn't have cost very much money, probably, to get to go to Texas A&M. I think he was a three-star, and he wanted to stay at home in Texas and play football there. Um, but, yeah, certainly, look, when you look at the overall landscape there, Johnny Manziel made a ton of money for Texas A&M, which is why I said it's so ridiculous that it made no sense um, and uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, should we go to Sean? And it made no sense, by the way, in the grand scheme of things, that he was going to be ineligible because he was signing autographs, right? I mean, it's like, really? He's making a billion dollars for Texas A&M, helping to build their whole stadium, and the guy can't get paid for his autographs? Uh, let's go to Sean in North Carolina. Sean, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. Um, I, I had a quick disagreement with you, man. I personally don't believe that they should be paid at all because I feel like at the end of the day it's, it's a game. But I do feel like if you're going to pay basketball and football, how do you rule out volleyball or tennis? Well, they have no value. Or something along I'm a capitalist. Well, that, but, but they may not have value to you. No, they have no value to me because I represent the market. Thanks for the call. But, no, look, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. If you have value, then you deserve to be paid for it. Like the tuba player on a basketball team, you could say, well, they have value to me. Okay, great. You pay them whatever you think a tuba player is worth. All right? The tuba player on the pep squad that's sitting behind the baseline in college basketball during the NCAA tournament may be worth something in a larger, like, collegiate landscape. Oh, it's so great that we have the best tuba player at the University of Arizona. Well, you know what? The best tuba player at the University of Arizona is worth one one-thousandth, maybe one one-millionth of the best player for the basketball team at the University of Arizona. That's just the truth. So the market determines what values are. If you think that a women's volleyball player is worth a ton of money, Hello, Bobby Petrino. You can go out and pay her as much money as you possibly want. Right? You can pay her to play volleyball. You can pay her a million dollars. Come over and play volleyball every day at your house. Right? If you think that's what a women's volleyball player is worth, then the market's going to dictate that. I think that the average women's volleyball player is not worth anywhere near the scholarship that she receives because nobody shows up to watch those matches because they don't make money off of women's volleyball players. doesn't mean the sport's not valuable in terms of the overall landscape of what a college is worth. But it certainly means that on the open competitive marketplace, nobody would pay for somebody to get a scholarship to play women's volleyball. All right, I got my guy John Campbell. Speaking of value, John Campbell uh, at oddshark.com. John, you, I think, have done some really good work here. And one of the things that you looked at in the protest, and we've talked about the protest a lot on Monday and Tuesday, but one of the things you looked at was how well did these guys actually perform when they protested? And you found something fascinating that when you looked at the two teams, 
take out five of them where they basically did the same thing. Either they didn't come out of the locker room like the Seahawks and the Titans. But when you looked at the number of players that kneeled and the amount of protesting, you found that the team that protested more went 1-10 against the spread. Yeah, exactly. 1-10 against the spread. And I had a few people ask me about this on Twitter. And uh, when I started looking into the numbers, I, I, I thought I'd come up with something that was about 50-50 or where we didn't have something definitive. And when I kind of put it together, I used a, an article from National Public Radio that, that had every team's, uh, what they did, every team before before the game. When you put it together, just kind of sat back and went, wow. And I think the NFL's really opened them up here to, to ask the question is, what impact did this have on the field on the weekend? And your finding was that, again, for people out there, the spread, if you had just bet on teams that protested the least, you would have gone 10-1. and one. If you had bet on teams that protested the most relative to their competition in that game, you would have gone 1-10, and which honestly kind of ties in with what we hear from coaches a lot, right? That they worry about the focus of their teams. And the theory, I guess, would be that the teams that were focused on the protesting the most ended up playing the worst relative to expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who bets on sports or follows sports, a lot of them would agree that football is probably where the sport where preparation is most important. And, and you said it, you hear coaches talk about this all the time. As it turns out, Las Vegas and sportsbooks had one of their best NFL Sundays ever. Underdogs went 11-4-1 against the spread overall, and home dogs went 7-3 and straight up. So a lot of people had a really tough weekend, and, and I think a lot of people had trouble handicapping these games. I'm curious, okay, let's move into the games themselves this week. we got a bunch of interesting ones. I think maybe the most interesting game of the week, honestly, USC on the road in Pullman at Washington State. This game opened at 6.5. It's now down to USC 3.5-point favorite. I think Washington State is going to win this game outright. Are you with me? What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. This this one surprised me, and USC's had a couple of tough games here uh, in a row, and, and I think they're going into a real tough situation against a, a real good passing team. I, I think they're in trouble. I think that game should be closer to a pick. Uh, Georgia going on the road against Tennessee. The Bulldogs are around a 7.5-point favorite. This could be Butch Jones's last stand. I haven't bet this game yet because I'm nervous about this game in general. Georgia and Tennessee – in Butch Jones's four years so far, have basically been even contests. What do you see in this one? Is Georgia really a full touchdown better talent-wise than Tennessee? Or is this kind of factoring in what many people believe, which is it's just hard to rely on Tennessee right now, given what they're going through in terms of Butch Jones and his future there? Well, I, I think this line's a little inflated because of what Georgia did to Mississippi State last week and just absolutely obliterated them uh, against a team that we thought was pretty good. So any time in this matchup when, when the home team's getting a touchdown, it just feels like too much to me. But, boy, Tennessee is, is a mess right now, and, and uh, Butch Jones is the second favorite to be fired, the first coach to be fired in college football right now. When you look at Clemson, Virginia Tech, Clemson, arguably the most impressive, maybe the second most impressive. Either way, they're the first or second best team, I think most people would say so far. They've got a road win at Louisville. Uh, They already, obviously, have gotten a big win over Auburn, who looks pretty decent. Now they're going on the road against Virginia Tech. Odds makers, even though Clemson's going on the road, making them a full touchdown favorite, which to me means people aren't quite buying into undefeated Virginia Tech. Are you buying into Virginia Tech? 
Yeah, yes, I am, and, and it surprised me kind of how under the radar Virginia Tech has gone here. They're two and one against the spread, or three and one against the spread as well so far. So they've been covering numbers, and Blacksburg at night is, is no joke. I don't think Clemson's just going to walk in there and beat these guys by double digits. So they've got a really uh, balanced offense, and I think that's what you need to keep up with Clemson and keep this defense a, a little on its heels. So I, I think a touchdown is way too much to be given Virginia Tech here. Mississippi State was the darlings of college football after they beat LSU by 30. Then they went on the road and got their teeth kicked in by Georgia. Now they're going on the road again against Auburn. Auburn's nearly a 10-point favorite here. What are we thinking? Well, I, I love Auburn. I was on them last last weekend, even though they were laying a, a huge number on the road. But this feels like too much to me, too. I, I Mississippi State had a bad game, and uh, they definitely deserve to lose that. But now I think they're getting too many. Even though I really like this Auburn team, I think they're, they're laying too many points. All right, let's pivot over to the NFL. And tomorrow we've got an interesting Monday night game, the Bears against the Packers. Maybe the, I mean, sorry, Thursday night game. Maybe the most intriguing aspect of the NFL so far is we've only had three weeks and there's only two undefeated teams. The Falcons are obviously undefeated and the Chiefs, one AFC, one NFC. Uh, what do you think about that Thursday night game tomorrow? Obviously the Packers coming off a game where they had to, to rally against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bears coming off a big win. Uh, where they got it, I mean, pulled off a huge upset win over the Steelers. What do you see here? Well, one of the interesting things is that Aaron Rodgers has started slowly in his games this year, and he's way better in the second half than he is in the first. So I think Bears are worth a shot here first half in this divisional matchup where Rodgers has been slow to get going. And once again, the Packers are having trouble getting a rushing game going. So Bears' first half is where I think the value is in this one. Game that I think is one of the biggest ones that's going to be taking place, uh, the Titans going on the road against the Texans. If the Titans can win this game on the road, they would have won their second division game on the road, and they would knock the Texans down to 1-3 and three and move to 3-1 and one themselves, which would give them an early big lead in the division. Titans a one-and-a-half point favorite. They've looked very good the past two weeks. Who you got? I'm on Houston. I think this is the toughest game of the week to call. I'm on Houston. I think Houston had a really unfortunate tough start to the season with Hurricane Harvey, and uh, and they've, they've struggled at quarterback. But I think Deshaun Watson looked pretty good last week. Their defense is coming around, and I think being at home here, i got to go Houston, but, man, this is a tough game for me. Raiders-Broncos is, is a pretty fascinating game because both these guys lost last week after starting 2-0. and now one of them is going to lose two straight. Denver is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which means the Raiders would be two-and-two two, or the Broncos would be two-and-two. Two. I think this is one of a massive game out there, obviously, in the AFC West. What do you see in this one? Yeah, huge game here, and I think Denver's a little more comfortable at home. I think Simeon just, just feels a lot better there. So I'm leaning Denver, but it, but this spread feels too high. This, this, this one should be a coin toss to me. I think it can go either way, but this is maybe the game of the week. Anything else that jumps out at you from the NFL slate that you think is a fascinating one? Well, I, I think the Falcons, uh, I, I still don't think they're they're getting they're laying enough points. I think Matt Ryan's the best QB that we've seen in the NFL in a while. And, and to lay only eight versus the Bills, I think they're going to blow the Bills away. So, And I think we're going to start to lose value on Atlanta after this. So that's one I really like. Outstanding stuff as always, John Campbell. Thanks for coming and uh, hanging out with us. Thanks, Clyde. You can find John Campbell at Johnny Oddshark. You can check him out on oddshark.com where you can check out all the gambling and uh, historical data that you might need. 
to get ready for your NFL or your college football picks. All right. Going to go back to your calls. Uh, I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkeep the Coverage. 877-996-6369 is the number. Final segment, Hour 2. Up next, Hour 3 coming soon. Britt McHenry is going to join us as she does every single Wednesday. She'll be with us in Hour 3 of the show. You'll look forward to that next on Outkick the Coverage. What's the back? What's this music here? Ah, I see. Yeah, we've played that's this. A, we've played this on the show before. Yeah, that's a long. Uh, that's a long interlude there. I was trying to figure out what was going on. It sounded like the beginning to a like a horror movie. <laughs> you're going on a, uh, or if you're going out there for a uh, haunted house. Haunted house. Do you have a lot of haunted houses in L.A.? Yeah, we do. We have a really popular one uh, on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Yeah, and then and also still- the theme parks here, like uh, Magic oh, Mountain. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Universal Studios is a really good one. Yeah. Every year, Halloween seems like it gets a little bit bigger. Uh, great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, we'll go to a couple of your calls here in a minute, but have you guys noticed this? This is actually turning into a pretty big story, I think. The NFL uh, Sunday ticket is on DirecTV, and DirecTV is now giving refunds to subscribers to the NFL Sunday ticket who were upset about the NFL protests. And I don't know how many people are going to do this, but I went and looked at the data, and it appears there's roughly 2 million people who subscribe to the NFL Sunday ticket. Are either of you guys NFL Sunday ticket subscribers? Anybody on here, DirecTV person? Yeah, I am. Okay, so do you have the NFL Sunday ticket? Yes. Okay, so you're one of the 2 million or so out there every year who subscribe to the NFL Sunday ticket. Do you know what it costs you? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm sly and I ask for discounts. So I, I pay about $47 a month for, I believe it's four months. Um, but normally the price is 60 something dollars a month. Yeah, like the average, the, the, the list price is around $350, I think. Now, a lot of people will pay less than that for the entirety of the NFL Sunday ticket. So, you know, you do the math on this, and if 3,000 people call up and cancel the NFL Sunday ticket on DirecTV, then that would cost DirecTV around a million dollars. Now, the money's not going direct to the NFL because DirecTV is paying a set rate in advance for exclusive rights to NFL Sunday ticket. But a bunch of you have started tweeting me, and I was wondering if people would call in and share, have you been canceling the NFL Sunday ticket? If you are listening right now and you have canceled the NFL Sunday ticket because you were upset with the way that the NFL handled the anthem protest this past weekend, I would like to hear from you. 877-996-6369, because I'm wondering how substantial of a number of people could do this. I don't know how many people will, but this is the only way that I can think of where people could legitimately show that they are angry with the NFL, right? Because by and large, you're not going to suddenly cancel CBS or Fox or ESPN probably, right? ESPN just has Monday Night Football. Fox and NBC and CBS have the rest of the games. But this is something where people have given direct money in their mind to the NFL. Now, you're not really paying the NFL. You're actually paying DirecTV, which has already paid the NFL for the exclusive rights to this broadcast. But is that something that this audience listening to OutKick right now is doing? Are there a lot of you out there right now? I'm just, you know, in a trust tree because a bunch of you started to tweet me yesterday about this, that you're calling up 
and canceling your NFL Sunday ticket. That's somewhere where I think the NFL, people are like, oh, well, how is the NFL going to be hurt? Well, the ratings can go down, and so far through three weeks, NFL ratings are down 11% over last year. So last year, everybody said, oh, the reason why people are not watching the NFL is because of the election, right? People are otherwise tuning in and watching the uh, watching Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, everything surrounding the 2016 election. This year, there aren't really that many excuses. Through three weeks, NFL ratings are down 11%. So I'm curious in general, are some of you so angry that you are canceling the NFL Sunday ticket? That's a step beyond I'm not watching the games. I think certainly there are some of you out there that are not watching the games, but this is the step beyond. This is actually getting money back that otherwise that theoretically would be directly attributed to the NFL. Personally, I would not do this if I had already paid for the NFL Sunday ticket, but I understand that a lot of you are angry enough that you are doing it. I'd like to hear from you if you are. Do you think that this is going to be a big number of people that do it? That's the other question. I think, I mean, I think, again, if you do do the math on this, if 3,000 people cancel, that's a million dollars that this protest would cost DirecTV. If 30,000 people cancel, then that is, right, I think the math on that would be pretty easy, right? I mean, that would get a lot more substantial. If 300,000 people cancel, then it really starts to become an actual hit. I don't know how many people are willing to do this. How many people, let's say in L.A., because Jason Martin's probably fielding calls, in L.A., how many people do you think would be willing to cancel the NFL Sunday ticket over this? Well, I mean, you have to, you know, uh, here in L.A., it's pretty liberal. So, I mean, most of the the people I know wouldn't cancel because of this at all. Right. I mean, I understand that, like, assuming that there's 2 million people, is it crazy to think that 20,000 households might do it? I mean, statistically, it's not crazy, but I mean, for for me, like like you said, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it when you've already paid for it. Um, I w- I wouldn't do it. So, to me personally, that sounds crazy, but I would I wouldn't be surprised. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Duralast batteries designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions. They're built with patented technology to reduce damage due to vibration and deliver the most power during startup. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We are in the zone here, hour three. I'd encourage you to go download the podcast. Yesterday's show, I believe, is the most downloaded ever. We are on an incredible roll with the, uh, with the show. I appreciate all of you. We're moving into the millions now on downloading. I'm told... A lot of you out there asking for satellite radio uh, updates. I am told, and I know I've said this before, but I am told that we are so incredibly close to having satellite radio officially worked out that we'll be back on all three hours. My hope is that it will be done by Monday. So Monday, if you're listening to this on podcast and you're a satellite radio person, you're like, when am I going to be able to get Clay Travis and Al kick back for all three hours? I am told that that will be back, hopefully, by Monday. That's my expectation now. I've been wrong before. This has taken longer than we anticipated, but my hope is that by Monday, you're going to be able to listen to all three hours on the show again, which I think obviously will make uh, hopefully many of you happy. In the meantime, you can stream on iHeartRadio. You can certainly download as millions of you are doing. Uh, Really, I mean, I never knew about the numbers on this podcast between this show, uh, uh, Outkick the Coverage, and Outkick the Show 
we're consistently at the top of the sports download lists and millions of you literally in September are going to download episodes of the show. So thank you for all of that support. We have been talking about two interesting stories today. Primarily, we started with the question about the assistant basketball coaches being charged with crimes after an FBI investigation. And I asked the question, do you care if top college basketball or football players are being paid under the table? That's our poll question right now. About 5,000 of you have voted. You can go find uh, go find that at Clay Travis on Twitter. You can go vote. 58% of you agree with me. You just don't care. 58% of you do not care if college basketball or football players are being paid under the table. I confess to you, this is one of those issues where I have changed my opinion over time. I don't care about the fact that Arizona, that uh, that certainly Auburn, Oklahoma State, Louisville, and USC potentially were paying for top college basketball players. I used to. Then, as I've aged, I've become more and more of a capitalist, and I think everybody should be able to sell their labor for as much as they can. I think it's ridiculous that the NCAA has a phrase called improper benefits that ensures that poor athletes remain poor. I think it's crazy that at 18 years old, you can't go pro in football or basketball and make money off of your talents. So my opinion is you should be able to get paid. All right, we're also discussing another fascinating issue. We're talking about the decision by many fans to start to cancel their NFL Sunday ticket. You get a full refund if you are a DirecTV NFL Sunday ticket subscriber. A lot of people started to tweet me yesterday that they were doing that. Some fans are angry about the NFL protest. They want to take action. They want to actually put their money where their mouth is and take away money that they see as being given to the NFL, even if technically it's going to the DirecTV That's a move that they are making, and I asked you to call in if you had been doing that. I'm curious how widespread that is becoming. If 3,000 people do it, that turns into a million-dollar loss for DirecTV. I think that's certainly going to happen. If 10,000 people do it, well, that's a $30 million loss. If 100,000 people do it, well, you can start to do the math on that. It's becoming pretty substantial. How many people might be willing to cut their NFL Sunday ticket subscriptions. Uh, Jeremy in North Carolina, I believe, is leaving us off here. Jeremy, have you done it? Have you cut your NFL Sunday uh, ticket price to DirecTV? Yeah, Clay, we we actually did. On uh, on Sunday, um, after the first wave of protests started at the 1 o'clock games, we decided we weren't watching football at all. Uh, We've been Sunday ticket subscribers for the last seven years, and uh, we – Stopped watching the games. My wife on uh, Monday decided to call into DirecTV to cancel because we weren't going to pay for something we weren't going to use. And uh, she was met with a little bit of ridicule by the person on the phone. She was asked, you know, uh, or she was told, well, we don't normally cancel the Sunday ticket. And she said, well, you're going to cancel my Sunday ticket or I'm going to cancel my service, one or the other. And the guy asked her why. So she told him that, uh, you know, the protest and the fact that we weren't going to be watching the NFL was the reason why. And he asked her, well, you don't think that they have the right to protest, which he shouldn't have gone into this. But then she went into to telling him how, uh, as a veteran, she served in the Navy for uh, you know over a decade, uh, was serving in the Navy during 9-11, launched cruise missiles, um, suffers from PTSD. And she said that 
as a naval veteran, as somebody that fought for their right, um, you know, to stand or sit or kneel or, or what have you, that she that she found it very disrespectful and that our house was not going to so to you're quit disrespect. You're th- first of all, thanks for your wife's service, but you're you're quitting the NFL cold turkey. Like yes. you're not watching it at all anymore. I'm not watching it at all anymore, Clay. And I was the person that lived and died with my team every Sunday. Um, and it was, you know, everybody knew if, if my guys lost, I was going to be in a bad mood. Dad was going to be pissed. Don't go around dad. And But I'm you're so upset by this that you're just like, I'm quitting it. I'm not watching it anymore. And you were so upset that you wanted to take the next step and actually take your money back that you believed had been given to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when my wife told this person, uh, this particular person, her reasons for it, he, uh, the the gentleman on the other end of the phone, and I use gentleman lightly, told her that she is what is wrong with this country. The Directv person which, on the on the on the phone with you said that. Yes. Wow. To which she replied. To which she replied, I serve this country in the, in the Navy. I pay my taxes. I go to work every day. I raise a family. I've never been arrested. And I'm what's wrong with this country. Um, luckily for DirecTV, she was immediately transferred to somebody else. Um, this one individual I don't think represents all of DirecTV. She spoke with three or four other people, and I won't get into their whole conversation, but they were but very the end- apologetic. And the end result was that she ended up being able to cancel the NFL Sunday ticket. Well, not only did the NFL Sunday ticket get canceled, they actually went through the entire bill line by line and found where we could save some additional money at things of that nature. Wow. Um, but so you and, got actually – And that, after – Yeah. I appreciate the call, by the way. Uh, that's crazy to get into a debate. Like this is maybe how divided the country is. You call in to get your NFL Sunday ticket turned off and you get into a debate with the guy who is actually making the decisions about whether you can cut NFL Sunday ticket or not. Oh my God. That's like the worst possible scenario for direct TV. They're lucky direct TV is assuming that that, that that story is true, that the audio didn't get out. Good Lord. Uh, let's go to, is it Trey and Austin up next? Yes. Trey and Austin. What's up, my man? Yo, uh, I just want to bring up, I think two years ago, uh, I signed up for DirecTV, and I got mine for free. I know they were doing a promotion where yeah. NFL, the Sunday ticket comes in free. And I just wanted to know how many uh, people were, like, getting it for free and still calling in trying to get it canceled or whatever. And I'm like, you're already getting it for free. Uh, not, like what Jeremy just said, uh, the fact that uh, he called in and got an American person on the phone is crazy. Every time I call in, it's some dude in India that doesn't – know what's going on i tried to uh cancel tell them to block my espn and just leave it on the other packages and they're like no we can't do that <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate the call yeah look i mean i think that uh a lot of people certainly get it for free so i mean it may not be coming directly out of their package i've always been surprised that there's only two million people who subscribe to this because me personally the only reason i would have direct tv is for the nfl sunday ticket Otherwise, I mean, I would use cable service probably, right? I use cable now. Paul in Kentucky. What's up, Paul? This was a lot like your first caller. I uh, I tried to call. I called in on Monday, and the lady told me that I couldn't cancel because it had already started. And I told her basically then 
then you're going to have to cancel my entire service. I'm going with, with fish because I live in the country where I can't get cable, so I have to do satellite. Yep. And she said, well, you don't – and she said the same thing. You don't think they have the right to protest? I said, absolutely. They can do it on Thursday at City Hall. I don't care, but they can't do it on their job just like I can't at my job. And she still insisted I couldn't do it. And I basically so, said, hold on a second, like, Paul, you had the same issue when you called DirecTV. You got into a dispute like the person was like arguing with you about whether or not people should be able to protest? Yes, and it was a, a lady and yeah. the same thing. And you could you could hear her making snide comments in the background as she was looking up my thing, you know, after I told her why I was canceling. Wow. But, and so you know, this it, must it have just, become a big enough issue for DirecTV that they're now publicizing the fact that you can do it, that they're giving full refunds for NFL Sunday ticket. They must be getting a lot of calls about this. Now, Paul, are you giving up the NFL completely? I, I am until they stop kneeling. Now, I'm a huge football fan, and, you know, the, the frustrating part with me with this was they did not cancel my NFL ticket on Monday. I had to call back Tuesday, and then they were super polite about it all. Which probably but means Monday that they got a ton of these calls and they were getting such negativity that they had to issue a corporate response. Thank, thanks for the call, Paul. Um, I mean, that, look, I mean, I don't know how many people are doing this. Let's go to Larry in Kentucky. Larry, what's up? Hey, buddy, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I also uh, canceled my uh, Sunday ticket. See, the only way I could watch uh, football uh, was with a Sunday ticket because I didn't have any uh, local channels with DirecTV, so... Um, that that was my only go. So yeah, after everything that went down, I had to cancel it. So you and, were so uh, upset, you NFL called fan, in like you know? you're you're quitting the NFL completely. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. See, my wife, she was in the uh, she was in the Marines, and uh, you know when she saw this, you know I looked, uh, you know I looked over at her, and she's shedding a tear, and she's one of the strongest women I know, and I'm and I asked her like, babe, what's going on? And she's like, this this just really upsets me, and she actually had to leave the living room, and. Uh, you know, which that really upset me too. They hit me. They hit me in the field. So I actually did call and I canceled my Sunday ticket. And like Jeremy, you know, they was giving me, giving me all kinds of all kinds of hell for it. So uh, you know, it kind of got kind of got heated a little bit. But you know, after it's all said and done, yes, I canceled it. And and I'm you know I'm I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna watch it anymore. And and, and it's sad that it's come to this. I just I just don't understand the 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 way America's going. It's crazy because sports and and football is it's it's the go to the get out from reality. And now it's just becoming you know it's a political sport now. It seems like to me. It's a great call. So uh, and and thank you your wife for service there. And you said you got into it with a direct TV like they they that the person who you were talking to on the phone was also being in your mind disrespectful about your request. Yeah, it's very rude. They didn't understand why I was doing it. And I asked them, I said, you know, do you or any of your, you know, family members, have, have they served before? And uh, they're like, no, 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 they haven't. So, and then, you know, you know, then we got into it. And I told them, you know, my wife does, you know, you know, she, the, the reason, the reason that they can stand is because, because of people like my wife and because of people that's in the military that, you know, they, they, they give you, they give you the reason to stand, you know, you're standing because of their fighting out there for, for your freedom, for you to be able to stand here in the United States and, and for football to go like this, you know, especially NFL, these, these over, overpaid pussy willows are, uh, they have no idea what they're doing to society out here. I mean, I'm sure they do, but they don't care because all they're doing is laughing to the bank on their knees. So. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's go to uh, Mike. And and by the way, you will hear a lot of people, and you will see it a lot in the media. Like, I feel like I do this show in many respects. Like, the First Amendment is alive and well here, right? And we try to have a wide variety of perspectives and opinions every single day on this show. may not agree with me all the time. As I always say, 
You don't have to agree with me. You can be wrong. I obviously believe that my opinion is right, but I also welcome all of your opinions, right? Big, welcome, First Amendment, alive and well here. What you will hear many people say is that people like this don't exist, right? I feel like you will hear so many people, probably today, when the ratings are down 11% through three weeks, you will hear people say over and over and over again, people like the ones calling into us right now don't exist. There's nobody out there actually canceling NFL Sunday ticket over this. There's nobody out there actually watching less NFL over this. Because primarily the voices that you hear are people on the East Coast and people on the West Coast. And I always say, I like to talk to people in the middle part of the country, right? I feel like my base is the 11 states in the SEC, the Big Ten states, and the Big 12 states. We're also big everywhere, right? We got lots of people who download the show everywhere, and I welcome all of you. But I feel like a lot of times the people in the middle part of the country get ignored when it comes to media coverage. And I've spent a lot of time. I went to school on the East Coast. I've lived basically on the West Coast too. I've lived all over the country. But I feel like a lot of people like the ones calling in right now, their story doesn't get told in the same way as if you live on either in New York City or you live in L.A. Let's go to Mike in Virginia Beach. What's up, Mike? I listen to you guys every single day. I'm just calling away on the direct TV thing. I, I live in Virginia Beach. I'm surrounded by the biggest military bases in our some of the biggest military bases in the world. Um, I feel like these guys, I'm, and, I'm, and I tend to be extremely conservative, but this is football. And after this week of protests, I don't know if you can agree with me or the rest of the guys at the station there, but I feel like this was probably one of the best weeks of football I'd seen in so long. The competitiveness, the team unity, Whatever it was, I just felt that it was a good thing. I will not be canceling my subscription to Rec yeah. TV. You know, um, and, and I understand that argument, like too. I, I mean, look, I, and I appreciate the call. I, I appreciate all of you out there who have the courage of your convictions, who are willing to say, you know what, this matters so much to me that I am not going to support it with my dollars or I'm not going to support it with my time. I appreciate all of you. That is literally the courage of your convictions. That's letting your voice be heard. I am of the opinion, like, it's hard for me to think of what could happen that I would not watch an NFL or a college football game. I guess I don't have the courage of my convictions in that respect. I said that I was not happy that the Tennessee Titans, which are my team that I'm a season ticket holder, did not come out for the national anthem. That's my personal opinion. And it took me out of enjoying the game for like 15 or 20 minutes. I was thinking about the impact of both the Seahawks and the Titans not coming out of their locker rooms for the national anthem. That did not make me happy, right? And I'm not even a guy who's a hardcore, you should play the national anthem before games person. But when it's being done, and I see the team that I support with my dollars, right? I cut a check every year for season tickets. I have for years. Uh, my wife was at the game with our middle child, and I she texted me, everybody's booing, like... I was excited to watch this game, and it took me out of the game. Now, I'm not willing to take the next step and say, I'm not going to buy my season tickets next year. But would I feel differently if one of my family members had served in the military or died? I, I might well. I mean, I, I, you know, I can understand why somebody would be upset by the fact that football, which is their escape from many serious things, and the only serious thing we ask 
is that in order to be paid millions of dollars before the game starts, all we ask is that you stand for the national anthem and show respect for the country that allows you to make millions of dollars. I can understand why there's lots of people out there busting their ass every day who think I can't show up at my job in my uniform and make a political statement and keep my job. Why should these multi-million dollar coddled athletes be able to disrespect the country? I And then the thought process be, I want to do something to show how much I disapprove. And the first thing that many people are thinking of is if they're NFL Sunday ticket subscribers, I will call and cancel my NFL Sunday ticket subscription. Because otherwise, how can you do it? If you're a season ticket holder, I guess you could not go to the games for the rest of the year, but you've already paid for them. I guess you could give your tickets away, but again, your tickets are already paid for. This is something where you can tangibly get money back and feel like you are taking a stand if you're an NFL Sunday ticket subscriber I want that money that was going to the NFL to come back. Now, the flaw here is the money doesn't go directly to the NFL, right? The NFL has already gotten their money from DirecTV. But your logic can be if enough people cut their subscriptions here, then DirecTV may not be able to afford in the years ahead to give the money that they're giving to the NFL. The other thing you can certainly do is vote with your remote control. And NFL ratings are down 11% this year. I think a substantial number of people out there are deciding not to watch the NFL. Now, I'm not one of them. I'm not willing to take that step uh, because I'm willing to put up with a lot given how much I like football. But those of you that have your courage of your convictions that are willing to do that, I don't begrudge you at all. In fact, you're willing to take action that I'm not. Um, And certainly... I think all of this deals with the politicization of football that many people, whether the protesters or the counter-protest or the counter-protest or the counter-protest, all this different stuff, I think it's fair to say detracts from the actual on-field product. It's not good for the NFL. I'm a regular guy, right? I sit down and watch my team play on Sunday, and when they don't run out of the locker room for the national anthem, and that's how they start the game, that's the discussion points, It takes me out of being able to watch that game. I got buddies texting me like, can you believe they did this? A lot of you right now, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, obviously the Steelers are dealing with a substantial fallout over this. I texted, I tweeted, I said, this is not good for a team in my state. There are a lot of people that served in the military and a lot of people that consider themselves to be very patriotic. My dad is a good example. I remember I got into a conversation with my dad a couple of years ago. My dad is... uh, 74 years old, um, born and raised in Tennessee. Uh, And I said, I remember several years ago, I said, I told him, you know what? I'm not really of the belief that we should play the national anthem before games. You know, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. And I've made that argument to you guys before, right? I've said, you know, it's an entertainment event. And so I don't think it makes a lot of sense if you're sitting in a movie theater for suddenly like the movie theater to start playing the national anthem before it. It would be weird to stand up if you're going to see a horror movie like it to me to stand up for the national anthem. I told my dad that. I said, I don't think it makes sense. I'm not a big fan of the flyovers, the national anthem in general. And my dad legitimately got upset with me. It's rare that I say things that my dad gets upset with, which probably shocks some of you given what I say every day. But my dad's one of my opinions. My dad was like legitimately upset with me for having. 
And I think there are tons of people just like my dad, certainly in the middle part of the country, but I think in California, I think in New York, wherever you are, there are a lot of people out there that are legitimately upset when they see multi-million dollar athletes protesting the country that allows them to make multi-million dollars during the national anthem. And that's why people say, well, why does the way that people protest matter? Well, because if your protest is becoming, in many people's mind, a protest of the national anthem and of the country, then whatever you were trying to do to change the country, you've lost the hearts and minds of the country already. I don't believe there's anyone out there that is more likely to believe in what these NFL players are protesting, whatever it is, because they're doing it during the national anthem. I think it's such a charged way to do it that you have lost the country. And frankly, I think the NFL is losing a lot of fans. I think it's bad for them. We're going to talk to Britt McHenry next. She's going to come on with us as she does every single Wednesday. We'll give her a buzz. She will be in with us next on Outkick the Coverage here. And uh, we'll continue to roll through. If you are doing this, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter. If you're canceling your NFL Sunday ticket, you can uh, let me know. I'm curious how big this is going to get. We'll continue to discuss here on Outkick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money, switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As well, with TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia. Give us an update on the world of sports as it currently stands. Well, Clay, in baseball, we've got just five days left in the regular season. Let's check games involving the playoff races in the American League where the Twins beat the Indians 8-6. to six. Minnesota's magic number to clinch that second wildcard spot in the American League is down to one. The Angels had to win to stay alive. They do that. They beat the White Sox 9-3. to three. So they have avoided elimination for the moment, but one more loss and the Angels will be out of the playoff race. The Yankees beat the Royals 6-1 while the Red Sox lost to the Blue Jays 9-4. So Boston's magic number to win that AL East title is still at three games. College basketball, the FBI announced charges of fraud and corruption against 10 people, including assistant coaches at Arizona, Oklahoma State, USC, and Auburn. The coaches allegedly were paid tens of thousands of dollars to steer NBA-bound players towards sports agents, financial advisors, and apparel companies. Louisville is also reportedly under investigation. And Clay in the NBA, Dwayne Wade reportedly going to sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers, getting a one-year deal for the veteran minimum. Good stuff, my man. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We join. We are joined now by Britt McHenry. She's at Britt McHenry on Twitter. Britt, you covered the NFL for many years for ESPN. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be covering the NFL last week? No. I, um, I, it wasn't a boycott, but I had said on social media that I wasn't going to watch on Sunday and it was kind of taking a shot at all the people who claim it's the freedom of speech and expression of the NFL players to do these demonstrations and protests because it's like, okay, well, that's my freedom of expression to not respond. Yes. Respond. And I just stayed away from it. So it would have been really difficult to be on the sidelines, especially like if I had been a reporter on the field with the Steelers, 
when Mike Tomlin said they weren't going to come out. Which, by the way, if you think that Tomlin, with how strict he is about his players and order, and other teammates like James Harrison saying, I thought we were all in attention of doing the same thing. If you don't think there wasn't pressure on Alejandro Villanueva to not necessarily backpedal, but really take a stand and apologize at the podium. If you don't think there was internal pressure, you're crazy. I, I think, think that we're yeah, Brett, I, think, I think we're in a crazy place when a West Point grad has to apologize yeah. for standing up for the national anthem. Exactly. That's what I said. And what really bothers me, Clay, and I would love to hear your take, when people say, oh, it's not about the flag, they're, they're ignoring the, the racial injustice in our country. That's what it's about. Okay, first of all, do, some, do a history lesson. Colin Kaepernick started this and told media it was because the flag represented, in his view, yes. the oppression of African Americans when he started this whole thing. So that's how it originated. Now, I don't even know if people understand, if the players understand what specific reason they're all kneeling for. It's just a trendy thing to do. But put that on the record. If you say it's not about the flag, that's a dumb statement. The protest involved the flag specifically for more attention, for the spotlight it brings, to generate publicity, and that's how it originated with Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, just because the flag represents different things to an NFL player, that's fine, but it also represents different emotions and feelings for people such as myself who hold it in a different esteem. So let's just put that argument to rest. Yeah, and and also I think it's important when people contemplate how you're going to protest. To me, you hit on an important point there, Britt, that we spent a lot of time Monday talking about. Yeah. To me, when you protest, you are seeking a change, something to be altered. No one can Mm -hmm. really tell me what NFL players that are protesting right now want to achieve, right? Like, to me, a protest without an objective is not a protest that makes sense. That would be one. Number two on this, you have to contemplate and understand that if you are seeking to change something, you are by nature going to need allies, right? You need people to see your protest and say, oh, you know what? That guy makes sense here. For instance, one thing I would like to change is I think that sports gambling laws should be changed, right? If I chose to protest the fact that I can't get sports gambling legalized by taking a knee during the national anthem because the United States does not allow it, then for a lot of people, that doesn't become a protest of sports gambling laws. It becomes a protest of the flag and the fact that I live in America, right? So the Mm -hmm. way that you protest goes a long way towards whether or not you can gain allies to allow what you would like to happen to occur. So one, I don't know what the NFL is protesting, the players at this point. Nobody really seems to understand. Two, if you are protesting something, the way that you are protesting is alienating many people who might otherwise be interested in coming to your side. Therefore, it is not a very effective protest. It's actually the exact opposite. Absolutely. I think you and I both tweeted the survey that said 64% of Americans agree with President Donald Trump's stance on kneeling for the anthem, whether you voted for him or you support him as an individual or not. 
it shows an overwhelming amount think that you should stand for the country, especially when the Baltimore Ravens and Jacksonville Jaguars are overseas on foreign soil. Yeah, that's crazy to me, too. And, and you stand up for the British up. National Anthem. Brit, they stood <laughs> up for the British National We went to war with Britain to get our freedom. Do these people yes. not understand? They stood. They kneeled for our National Anthem, and then they stood for the country that we went to war with to gain our freedom. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do they have any kind of historical knowledge? By the way, let me say this. This NFL discussion brought to you by, with Britt McHenry, brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area Paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. That's like a rule, right? In politics, typically, you don't go overseas and rip your country while you're overseas. I tweeted that, and it didn't get a lot of attention. I didn't even talk about it much on the show. But how do you stand up for the British national anthem, the country we went to war with because they didn't give us freedom, and you kneel for our national anthem? It's like, do you have any kind of historical knowledge at all? Yeah, and... If we, exactly. And let's, like, break down, as much as I do love going to London, I do enjoy England, let's break down the systemic racism in, in their past. <laughs> like, it, they have issues as well. So, and that are probably more pronounced, honestly, because they, they – yes. I mean, and I love England, by the way. I don't want people yeah. to not let me in the country <laughs> now. We're going to get on the – we're going to get blacklisted now because we took shots at England <laughs> on the show. Travel ban. Yeah, travel ban. Last thing I need. Um, all right. So the other thing, Britt, we were talking about is there are a lot of people who are calling up in a, the DirecTV and canceling NFL mm-hmm. Sunday ticket. People are blowing up my Twitter saying they're doing this. They're tweeting me pictures of themselves doing it. And people say, oh, you know, they're, they, they, you know, this is a ridiculous response. I would say, look, look, when you are okay with First Amendment speech, what you have to understand is you have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of consequence. And when people mm-hmm. disagree with your freedom of speech, they have the right to take their own statement and make their own statement, whether it's not watching the games, the ratings are down 11% through three weeks, whether it's calling up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to watch the NFL Sunday ticket or pay for it. Are you surprised that people are reacting in this way? Not at all. My own family did that. Um, your family canceled the Sunday ticket? Somebody in your family? Yeah. Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force, retired Lieutenant Colonel, is my father. He doesn't want to watch. I was getting texts all day on Sunday from my parents saying, <laughs> our neighbors down the street didn't watch. Next door <laughs> they didn't watch, which made me chuckle a little bit. But that just shows a small microcosm of what happened, I feel like, Clay, in the election. Yes. You have all these writers and TV pundits and everybody that are in the more predominantly left-leaning media, and not even, let's just take politics out of it, when everybody said Trump didn't stand a chance and he won. I, I just think it's ignoring what a lot of Americans, the really heart and base of the NFL feel like across the country and like you said how many other jobs can you just show up and start protesting without some kind of consequence so when people say it's freedom of speech i'm like okay yeah maybe if you're walking down a highway you can kneel and yell and say whatever you want to say but most of americans have employers that you can't just do that so the nfl needs to come up with a uniform policy maybe just take all of the teams off like they used to in 2009 not going out for the anthem if this is going to be the result. And if they're going to find players for dancing, taunting, any other kind of quote-unquote freedom of expression and freedom of speech, then 
figure out what you're doing with this because it's political otherwise. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and I was just talking about that, Britt. Like, there's a huge – the NFL, whether you love or hate football, right, mm-hmm. at just about every stadium that you go into to watch college or the NFL, the people in there voted for Donald Trump, and they typically mm-hmm. vote for Republicans. And I said this at the time when the election results came out. I said, look, Donald Trump won every SEC state, okay? He yeah. won every Big 12 state, if you're looking from the perspective of college football – and he won every traditional Big Ten state except for Illinois, and he nearly won Minnesota, traditional Big Ten state. I'm not counting uh, New Jersey, and I'm not counting Maryland, where we expanded. And to me, that's like the, what I call the college football coalition. And if you are going to end up getting elected president, you have to appeal to college football fans, right? And if yeah. you walk into Michigan Stadium, Donald Trump won that stadium. If you walk into Alabama Stadium, Donald Trump won that stadium. If you walk in to University of Texas, Donald Trump won that stadium. You look around, the people who show up and love football are not people who are going to be out there saying, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm a left-leaning uh, Bernie Sanders supporter by and large. Some people are. Look, there's a wide variety of opinions across America. But this uh, protest directly attacks the very base of the football audience, which creates this huge disconnect. Absolutely. It's not like you're going to go to Juilliard, Clay, and start talking about how great President Trump is because likely the majority of the students there, faculty, I would like to assume, in the arts, might have voted for Hillary Clinton. It's like knowing your base. Yes. And it's just such a crazy time because – Joel Ward, he used to play for the Washington Capitals, my favorite hockey team, uh, said that it might not be an anthem meal, but he feels motivated to get involved with the community or, or do something about race relations, which makes more sense to me to actually, to your point, like do something with a tangible effect. Yes. He, he had a horrible experience uh, a few years back. I think it was Game 7 in Boston. The Capitals lost. And he received awful, just racist uh, tweets and racist remarks when he was leaving the arena. And so I saw someone share this story about him. And I said, if anyone can really speak to this, no matter what you believe about the protest or if you disagree with the form of an anthem protest, it's Joel Ward. It was, it was horrible what happened to him. And then I get a comment back, oh, you know, anyone can talk about systemic racism and like, I don't know how to win with people, Clay. (laughs) What we're going to start ranking, who can talk more about racism than the other? Like it's just gotten to a point of absurdity. It really has. And so, uh, and, and again, like what you'll see, and I guarantee you'll see this is the media will say that people who say they're not watching the NFL don't exist. Right. And that people who are saying they're canceling NFL Sunday ticket, they don't exist. And really, I think you're right on some level, uh, maybe a large level, that a big part of Donald Trump's appeal was he talked to people who otherwise feel like they don't exist, right? And and it's really kind of fascinating. You know, it's people who may not necessarily be able to go to to a a great school, right? May not go to college, but work their ass off every single day and feel like the rules that apply don't necessarily get applied evenly. And, And here, this is a great example. Yeah, and I wrote an article that will be published today for The Federalist about this issue and the cover of Sports Illustrated. Did you see that? No, I haven't even seen it yet. 
it, it made the rounds. Uh, I think it was one of the top moments on Twitter yesterday. It had just a random assortment of athletes locking arms in a Photoshop with Roger Goodell most prominently locking arms with Steph Curry and LeBron James. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, are we serious? First of all, like, let's take Roger Goodell aside for a second. I think there's other issues, CTE, domestic violence. There's a lot of things going on. But the, the headline was, a nation divided sports united. I would argue sports are completely divided. Yeah, right that's now. a flawed headline. It, that's a totally ridiculous. Yes. Disagreeing about the anthem stance. Look up Derek Wolf on Instagram. It's it's existing. It is it is a total mess, and I think what many people who are listening to us right now, Britt, are recognizing mm-hmm. is that, and, and I'm using the phrase safe space here a little bit ironically, <laughs> but sports used to be a safe space for people who wanted to just be entertained, right? Like, yeah. you want to kick back on your couch, you want to pop a beer, and you want to watch a football game for three hours, and you don't have to worry about whether we're going to go to war with North Korea and you don't have to worry about whether, you know, like your mom might be sick or your kids are not doing well in school. It's the dessert of life. It's what you yeah. do all week to be able to get to and enjoy. And I think that's vanishing right now. Yeah, I mean, what's next? Like halftime announcements of Kim Jong-un? Like <laughs> part, of it, part of it's not even how I feel about kneeling why I didn't watch on Sunday. It's, ju- it's to just what you said, Clay. I don't want to deal with that kind of negativity when I just want to watch great Hail Mary and, you know, a great touchdown by Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's not what I want to deal with when I'm enjoying America's pastime. But unfortunately, I don't think this is going away. Amen, Britt. We'll talk to you next week. Go follow Britt on Twitter at Britt McHenry, and we will talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Uh, You already know how much I love Dollar Shave Club's razors. Did you know they offer so much more? They make their own high-quality personal and grooming products for your hair, face, skin, shower, everything. DSC has all your bathroom needs delivered. When you're at the store shopping for your personal and grooming needs, there are too many options. Who can tell them apart? Not me. You have questions? Forget about it. It's not like the clerks are experts on the products. Now there's no need for the hassle of ever stepping in the store again. I use Dollar Shave Club for almost everything. Razors, body cleanser, hair gel, even butt wipes. Remember, I'm telling you, I smell better than my wife now. For a long time, my wife smelled better than me. Not anymore. I got everything coming to the house. Walk around all day smelling beautiful. DSC has you covered head to toe. Everything super high quality leaves me looking and feeling amazing. From premium ingredients to sophisticated scents, DSC's changing the game. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, Final segment here of the show. I'd encourage you guys to go download OutKick and uh, make sure that you listen to it on podcast. Biggest week ever last week. This week may may be the biggest week too. I appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. My thanks to Britt McHenry and John Campbell. We'll be back tomorrow. Lots to discuss. So many interesting issues in the world of sports. Thank you for making us have what I think is the smartest and the best discussions out there. Share it with your friends. Thank you so much for all of your time. Hope you have spectacular Wednesdays. We'll be back tomorrow with Gambling Picks. We'll make you rich. I'm Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Coverage on good old Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
no matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 